Welcome to Bump Set Chat, the podcast where volleyball professionals come on and share their stories, experiences, and advice. And today, Micah Christensen with the U.S. Men's National Team. Welcome to Bump Set Chat, a podcast for volleyball professionals to come on and share their stories, experiences, and advice. And today, I am super excited. I have Micah Christensen from the U.S. National Team. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to, excited to chat some ball. Yeah, absolutely. So really appreciate you doing this. So the way we start the podcast off is sort of three random questions. So are you ready? Let's do it. All Fire right. Away. So growing up as a kid, what was your favorite NBA team? Dallas Mavericks. Oh, I fell in really? love with Dirk Nowitzki. Dirk. Yeah. In Hawaii, you get to choose whoever. Right? Uh, yeah, so that's true. I, I'm a, I loved Dirk Nowitzki, and uh, I fo- I've been following them ever since. We passed the torch to another Euro, Luka Doncic. So we're yeah, we're we're sitting we're sitting pretty. I modeled my game after Dirk, like okay. that's kind of how I played, and yeah. so that's that's my spot. Easy. Uh, now was that the years when he had Jason Kidd as his uh, point guard? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Steve yeah. Nash was there for Steve a little Nash, bit. Steve Nash, fellow had, Canadian, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, we had a uh, it was a nice little 2008 when we won that championship. That was like kind of the uh, the crescendo of my basketball career so it was perfect <laughs> nice all right so what home cooked meal do you get when you go home to visit home cooked like as in my mom cooking yeah it? your mom or your wife what's that you know when you get home oh man well my wife my wife is usually around everywhere with me so it's not as home cooked so okay. i'll go with my mom but yeah everything my wife makes is delicious my mom is a little more nostalgic um it used to be like fried rice. She used to make that fried rice for me all the time. Yeah. Now uh, I'm not as young as I used to be, so I can't afford <laughs> two giant mounds of <laughs> fried rice. But that was always my answer. It was a it was a go to. Nice. All right. And final question. So you're hitting the road. You know what are you listening to? What's on that playlist? Oh man, a lot of things. Uh, I, I bounce around. Um, I'm a hip hop fan. I'm a country fan. Um, I like to listen to like my worship music as well. I like yeah. to listen to my reggae music, like um, like Hawaiian style music as well. Get a little. It depends on the mood yeah. of the day, and but you know when it's when I see a bunch of snow outside, it's always nice to listen to a little bit of Hawaiian style reggae to, <laughs> to bring a smile to my face. Excellent. All right. So let me first off saying congrats on qualifying for Paris. That's super cool and amazing. And uh, also the you got named best setter at the uh, VNL for twenty twenty three. Yeah, pretty cool. Had a nice, had a pretty successful summer, you yeah. could say. But um, it's just, it's, it's just the beginning. Hopefully, a- absolutely. And we'll get into that a little down the road here. So, uh, you know, originally you're from Hawaii. Uh, you know, when did you first touch a volleyball? Ooh, I, I bet you, it would be kind of right when I was born. <laughs> my mom was a volleyball player. She played collegiately. Um, and my dad was a basketball player, so balls were all around. Yeah, I was shooting baskets and hitting balloons around the uh, around the house. So <laughs> I uh, a faux volleyball, if you may, the, is a acting a balloon acting as a volleyball. Mm-hmm. But that is uh, I was around it quite a bit and um, just watching, but also just kind of touching it. I wasn't really seriously playing volleyball for a long, long time until I was about thirteen. Yeah, like like joining a club, practicing all that kind of stuff, like. I'd go watch my mom play in adult leagues right. and pepper with my dad on the side and that, but that was about it. Yeah. So 
Ah. And but now, I was touching the ball at an early age. So when you did get into club, were you doing high school as well, or club was your first, you know, sort of dabble into sort of that that competitive volleyball space? To be honest, I don't remember which one was first, either middle school uh, volleyball team or club volleyball team. Um, uh, I would I would have to guess probably the club volleyball team, but yeah. it was just like it was just the beginning kind of learning all that kind of stuff, um, getting together with a big group of my friends and yeah. we were able to do, have some success pretty early, um, at the club level. And then that gave me a lot of confidence to be able to go and make my middle school team and do all that kind of stuff yeah. as well. So where does volleyball rank, uh, sort of in the sports hierarchy in Hawaii, like, you, you know, playing in middle school, uh, have a boys mm. team that's, you know, out here in the Northeast, New England area, that's not a common thing you see. Yeah, volleyball is definitely popular. I think just culturally in Hawaii, it's always been pretty popular. Fortunately, uh, we can play year round, mm -hmm. whether it's outside or in open gyms, what, you know, that yeah. we're not really confined by different seasons. Yeah. Um, but what's cool is like you can, you go to a park, you'd be driving at eight o'clock at night and the lights will be on at the park and it's asphalt out there with sticks on sticks playing no volleyball. Way. Just like having fun. A lot of big Polynesian families are out there playing volleyball, yep. just um, enjoying the game. And like, you'd be surprised uh, at how good kind of the ball control is. Hawaii's not known for being very tall, right? right? And so by nature, you got to be good at ball control. Yeah. And so it's uh, it was a great foundation to have growing up in Hawaii. Nice. Um, and then fortunately I sprouted to be taller than most. <laughs> and now, you know, what was the hook volleyball had on you or was it just sort of like a sport you dabbled in and basketball was your sort of, you know, main. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly it. Uh, basketball was my, my first sport forever. Um, and I, you know, during high school for sure, people would, if they were like, oh, that's Micah, they'd be like, oh, he's the basketball player. Yeah. Not the volleyball player. Because <laughs> basketball, I guess, was a little more popular back in, like, in the actual high school yeah. Um, yeah. sports hierarchy, let's say. But at the same time, volleyball is still very popular. Um, but I was able to try out for, like, the USA Youth Junior Team and made a, a, made a roster. And then I was able to, those names to um the youth like national team and so i was traveling to italy in high school wow with with usa volleyball yeah and competing for usa at 16 years old playing at the like u19 level and so i was like exposed to all that and like oh wow Holy this God. is uh this is kind of like this is bigger than just what i thought it was yeah in hawaii and in the states and all that kind of stuff and so my inspiration with volleyball was in 2008 when I watched the the, the U.S. men's team win Olympic gold. Yeah, and I was like, I want to do that. I want to go to the Olympics and win the gold medal. Like that, that looks amazing. Yeah. And so making that youth national team with the USA team, I was like, oh, this could possibly have some kind of trajectory to get to that goal. And so it allowed me to pursue volleyball more and go to college for volleyball yeah and that's when i chose i could go to college for basketball go to college for volleyball and it was like volleyball i can see super super long term like the highest level in the world that sounds really cool yeah were you set or out of the gates you said you sprouted up late so <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good question i uh i didn't want to be a setter 
And my <laughs> 14s coach, Larry Tuileta, he told me, he said, you're going to be our setter. And I was like, dude, I'm, coach, I'm the tallest guy on the team. I'm, uh, I, I'm arguably the best player on the team. Like, why would you make me as a setter? Like, let, let, let me score some points. I right. want to be that guy, you know? And so a couple other coaches were like, like, you're going to thank him later. Yeah. And sure enough, here I am thanking him later. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, and so I, I, I was our setter, but I, I, I played outside hitter. I played opposite. Yeah. Um, I did all, all, I learned all of the fundamentals and the skills around yeah. that. And yeah. then, um, and then it's funny enough, I, I played outside hitter in high school mm-hmm. for my high school team because we needed an outside hitter. Yep. And I was a setter for my club team. And so I was able to do both and understand and learn both at a pretty high level for high school, whatever yep. level. And so that I think was super beneficial for me as well to be able to experience those two positions at a higher level, which was, which was great for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I can imagine you're, you're like, I'm a hitter. Nobody walks into a gym and hears the setter. You know, you walk into a gym, you hear somebody pound that ball you snap your head over like, all right, that's, you know. Yeah, it takes a little longer look to understand that the setter's there. Yeah. We still get it. Well, I won't say, we're not like liberos or middle blockers where they got it harder than, all, yeah. than us in terms of <laughs> in terms of that. But but it definitely wasn't the first choice, but it turns out now it's now it's absolutely my first choice. It's definitely the most fun position in it, my it opinion. It really is, yep. You're like that quarterback, essentially. Oh, yeah. yeah. The brain of the team, the... the uh, either deserved or undeserved you're the leader of the team like Mm -hmm. you got to go do it yep absolutely and now how much of adjustment was it you know you come back from you know overseas playing and now you're playing high school and club your volleyball iq is here and no knock on the the, you know the high school and the club teams they're here you're like bored or you're just like you know destroying people uh it was it was more of like an eye-opening thing when I went overseas and played, you know, with the youth team and the junior team. Funny enough, um, a few guys on that youth and junior team um, I grew up playing with in Hawaii, and they were my club team. So we reunited on the club team and oh god, and dominated for a long time. And actually, never won a gold, won a lot of bronzes and silvers, yeah, but never a gold in in the club scene. But still, we're a, we're a force to be reckoned with, yeah. And so. It was just a cool learning experience. It's kind of funny that you mentioned it in that context because I never really bring it back to the high school context, but I, I, I'm, we might get to this later. But like in college, it was a very similar situation yeah. where I talk about that of like coming back to college after playing with the national team and all that kind of stuff. But I never thought about it in the high school context. I don't, I have to reflect on that a little bit in terms of what did I learn and, and what did I bring back to the high school level i don't know yeah that's a good question but i'm sure there was a lot yeah because when you when you play club everybody's sort of compressed down to the similar levels but high school it's sort of like not everybody in the high school volleyball is our main sport it's a, you know two sport and things like that so the disparity of of the level you're playing against and here you're coming in from this level and now you're sort of over here it's yeah it must have been interesting yeah it was cool the thing about hawaii is it's usually super competitive yeah for uh, or at least majority of the top teams are very competitive yeah so there was always um competition there was always some adversity there for the yeah. most part obviously there's some teams that are a little less experienced in volleyball but like 
was very fortunate enough to be challenged quite a bit. I I never sniffed a state championship uh, oh, until no my senior year. Well, I kind of did, but got blown out in the, in the finals every yeah. year because the other team comp- was comprised of all the other team, the, the players on my youth national team and the oh, junior yeah. national team. So we would go out to slaughter in the championship game and we'd get blasted <laughs> on, on statewide television until oh, my senior year when all those guys graduated and I was still left and I got them. I got one. You got one. That's good. I actually, I beat my cousin. I'm sorry, Cupono. I got to throw you under the bus. <laughs> I got him one time. I beat him once. Well, he, he was on the pod earlier and he threw you under the bus saying, I got to have you on the podcast. So I was like, yeah, I'm sure that like that test, like, come on, why did you do that to me? Nah, let's do it. I love talking. I love enjoy. It's it's fun. Excellent. And now, you know, sort of back to that U.S. national exposure. How did you know? Was is you know Hawaii a hotbed for talent? And that's you know sort of like the the scouts or whoever's available. Um, you know, sort of in the with the uh, national team, they're sort of always scouting. You know, checking out the players coming out of Hawaii. Yeah, uh, it's a little. I would agree. Yes, Hawaii. I do. I do think has been has shown to have some talent coming out of it for sure. Yeah. Um, that being said, with like the youth national team and the junior national team, those are like the younger. It's like U nineteen, U twenty one. With the U nineteen team, it's usually like they have like these regional tryouts. So you'll have regional coaches as well. Yeah. You don't have scouts from national teams coming in, and then they evaluate, and then you go to this kind of central camp. Um that everybody comes from different regions and participates in and then you kind of get you compete against each other you kind of you know you make a first team and a second team and you you um test your skills against the best in the country yeah and so that was i was able to go to one of those and then um be able to be selected for the youth team for that for the following year Nice. and so yeah that was uh that was a really fun experience but but yes, I do think Hawaii is very talented. I mean, we had in the last two Olympics, we've had three out of 12 players, 25% of the players yeah. were born and raised in Hawaii. Nice. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're around. That's yeah. for sure. For any kids, you know, that are about to get involved into the national level, any advice for them or their parents sort of what to expect? It's such a, it's such a valuable experience. I would encourage most people to do it. I do think, um, I do think it can be hard for some families. Like they've never, you know, been a, been away from their children. I, you know, I have, I have three kids now. So I'm thinking, I, you just made me think about like, oh man, away from the kid, away from the house for the first time. <laughs> and that can be tough. But at the same time, it's such a wonderful experience to be able to not only like compete against the best players around the world at your age, but also compete with the best players in the country mm-hmm. that they'll be competing against throughout their process. Yeah. probably club careers, probably college careers. And so to be able to not only kind of build that camaraderie with those around you, but also um, test test the waters a little bit. Yeah. See see what's out there. See how big volleyball is internationally, not not just in the the bubble of the United States. Yeah. It's uh it's exciting. If you can swing it and you can make it happen without, you know, whether it be I don't know financial or time time consumption issues, like if you can swing it, I would encourage people right. to do it for sure. It's an honor. It's a huge honor. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And now you know, looking back on your sort of U nineteen and before you know, sort of younger experience, what you know, any highlights that stick out that like, wow, that was cool, or yeah, we played volleyball over here, or is it really just you know the friendships that you you developed out of that? 
Yeah, I've got a, gosh, just a lot. I mean, countless experiences, whether it's the training camps that we go to when we're in Geneva, Ohio, training at this one place, staying at the same hotel for, you know, a week, two weeks, and then traveling overseas. We, I was very lucky. My um, kind of group, so it goes like youth and junior, so U19, U21. And, and then obviously you grow up and you get out of it and there's yeah. a new, a new cast that comes in. So we were very fortunate to go to Italy and Brazil. Rio de Janeiro, uh, Yesolo, Italy, which is like a beach town and, yeah. and Rio de Janeiro. Oh, Brazil. Wow. So we went to some great destinations for our world championships. Um, <laughs> the people that were above the, the age kind of group above us had some maybe different, less touristic uh, yes. places where the food was a little less settling with their stomachs. <laughs> and so they had some horror stories oh, no. while, while we didn't have any. Yeah. So in terms of horror stories, but we had a wonderful experience. I mean, I think this record was just broken this past summer, but we had highest finish in us's history, which was fourth at a world championships. Um, and so thankfully, our, our youth team or our junior team broke it this year. And, and it's super exciting about that. So nice. you finished high school. Next was college. What was that recruiting process like for you? You know, what made you end up picking USC? Hmm. Um, well, the, uh, a, a big factor was in fact, the financial support that I could get with yeah. the athletic, well, athletic scholarship. Yeah. And so that w I, I needed a, good amount and yep. so um that w that weeded teams out and kind of left me with a few options and sc was it turned out to be the perfect option for me i mean like the academic merit of the school yeah just this is incredible uh having a having a diploma from there is 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 such a wonderful thing to be able to lean back on. One of the big things that I always thought about and was advised to think about by my parents um, was like, you know, volleyball is obviously not going to last forever, but your education and your degree should last a lot longer than your volleyball. Yep. Uh, your your physical ability with volleyball. You could also get in, have a career-ending injury your freshman year. Right. And so where are you going to place yourself to be able to um, – Put yourself in a position uh, for your future, yeah. and so SC seemed like a no-brainer for me, and it turned out to be some of the best years of my life. I I grew so much as a man there, uh, as a volleyball player, and met my wife there. It's uh, yeah, nothing but incredible things to say. Nice, and also the climate is you know comparable to you know where you're coming from, and you didn't have yeah. to play in the snow, and also did. You know, sort of your international travel sort of get you ready to, you know, sort of live away from home? Possibly, possibly. Uh, I did spend a, a few weeks away from the family when I was younger just to be, you know, like to be able to be with those teams right. without parents there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was, those were great experiences where uh, I learned, you know, that things that I wasn't allowed to do, things other people were allowed to do. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I was just, it's just kind of opening your eyes up to the real world at the same time as, you know, testing where your morals are. And I, and I was very fortunate to grow up in a, in a household that I um, kind of knew myself pretty yeah. well. And 
knew where my identity uh, was. And so I had that foundation. So I didn't feel too out of place. Yeah. But you can never really prepare for living on your own, like straight up living on your own yeah. until you go do it in college. And so that was a fun, fun, like discovery process and meeting new friends and doing all those things that that eventually we formed some lifelong lifelong friendships yeah. together. While at USC, were you still involved the national team? That is a good question. I don't remember. I think I had finished that youth, um, like the U21. I was 18, so I was playing three years up or like three years older than my age. Yeah. But that was just the team that I was always with because I was 16 playing with a 19-year-old yeah. team. And so I turned out to be 18 with the 21 team. And so, and that's just a team that I had played with all those years, came, had a groove with, and we knew each other really well. So we had some, we had a lot of success together. And then it was, it had to have been a training year after my freshman year with the, with the, national team with the youth national team i did i then went to my age division yeah and we were training um adjacent to the national team oh, okay so the national team had practice on these big courts we had practice on these small courts and wow i forgot about this and so i'm training with my my junior team here and doing well playing well um and i was invited to go step across the net yeah across the big net divider <laughs> and go have a couple reps with the with the big dogs with yeah. the, in the men's league and uh gosh i don't really remember what i did exactly i wasn't i wasn't practicing with them it was like do a couple serves maybe set a couple hitting lines yeah um but it wasn't a real practice but i i remember that invite being so like that built my confidence up so much yeah and so during, that was after my freshman year in college, I believe. And and then after my sophomore year, where we had a lot of success my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, we graduated the National Player of the Year. We graduated another first-team All-American. And so uh, we struggled my sophomore yeah. year. And it was definitely like one of the more, in terms of records, like probably the worst losing career of my, of uh, or losing season of my career. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was a lot of mental battles with internal battles that, that year, keeping on, keeping on, work work hard. Like, yeah. it's, you know, it's going to come. And then after that year, uh, my college coach got a co call from the head coach of the national team. was like, hey, like, um, we'd love to possibly see Micah in the national team gym. Um, we're going to check out the other setters that we have lined up right now. And this is 2013. So this is after the Olympics. Yep. This is the summer after the Olympics. So it's kind of a new hall of, of, of players. Yeah. So we're going to these setters. We're going to check them out. If we don't have like a solidified starting setter um, or setters, like uh, then, then he can come in the gym and check it out. And so that turned into a summer. I just, I stayed at SC for a little bit. I worked out in the summer, um, got stronger and then went on a vacation with my best friend at SC. We went to Minnesota <laughs> to his auntie's lake house for a few days. And it was so much fun, but little did I know that would be the last vacation I would take wow. until, 
Uh, like last true vacation yep. I would take until until the present day. <laughs> um, and because later that summer I got the call and um, yeah, and I jumped in the national team gym and and didn't play. I didn't play any volleyball. I was or I played a little bit of volleyball, but I was mostly wiping the floors and keeping yep. score and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and then um, I guess I can just keep going with the story if that's if you don't mind. Yeah, no, I just, absolutely. I kind of like yeah. morphed it into that. You're bringing back some fun memories, fond memories. Um, yeah, and so I was just so happy to be in there. I was like looking around, like these are these are titans of the volleyball world. Right. Some of them Olympic gold medalists. Some of them, some of the best players in the world right now. I'm just like, yeah, you need is it a wet is a floor wet? Like let me come, I got you. Like let me sprint over there and get it. And uh, and then one day the there were only two setters in the gym at that time, and one of them sprained their ankle. And so I sprained his ankle and I'm like sitting on the scoreboard. And I'm like, uh, hey. I think, I think I'm next up. I don't know <laughs> if there's anybody. I was like super young. I was very young, especially at that period in the, in the national team yeah. regime. They didn't have a lot of college kids. If hardly, they didn't have any college kids. And so I, I'm like, uh, does that mean I have to play? I get to play. So I got to play and, uh, I was super nervous, but, when it came time to, when the whistle blew, it was time to compete. And I played, I mean, if I had to look back and watch video on it, I would say I played pretty bad yeah, technically, but I competed, I think really, really hard. And I won, I ended up winning a lot of those drills. And so they, it was hard to, uh, to say, okay, now you're out because I kept winning and winning and winning. Right, and yeah. So that's, that's kind of where it, kind of the genesis of the national team um trajectory it was yeah. like getting a lucky break and maybe it was the only break i would ever get but i took mm -hmm. advantage of the one the one opportunity that that i had yeah wow so you were <clears throat> you were sort of like the christian leitner on the dream team the original dream team you know the only college kid yeah. playing with the jordan you know magic bird and whatnot yeah i guess i mean yeah i guess so because i i, I can't recall if there were many in 2013 any college kids there and so um yeah i got the shot thankfully it would have been like as if every other player on the team got hurt <laughs> and later had to play right but um but i got i mean i got i got lucky i got very i got very fortunate with the opportunity yeah. but i do believe that i prepared myself uh for that moment yeah by a lot of hard work excellent and now Sort of something that sort of I ask a lot of the you know the coaches of from the college level is sort of a, applies to you and you know getting to that national level. You're talking about you know wiping the floor, score you know scorekeeping. That's a, a a tough mental thing to adjust to because here you are sort of the you know the alpha of your level. You know you're playing, you know college. You're starting and now at the national level, like you said, you're you're scorekeeping. But was it because it was at the national level you really didn't get in your head like yeah I I'm here or was it like still like why can't I play? No, I mean it's 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 the men's league. Yeah. I'm still a boy. Like. <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, there's no, any chance that I would be like, I deserve to be here and I, you know, am entitled to this and that and playing to, if I'm going to be in the gym, I need to play like, there's no way. Like, yeah. I was an honor. It was a privilege to just be wiping sweat up and be able to stand in the gym and watch these guys battle. Yeah. Right. And so that's just like, I think, uh, a pretty decent mentality to have if you're, 
if you're around it or if you're just, I mean, like we get to play volleyball, even if on a high school level, like my school has volleyball and yeah. offers volleyball and you're able to play on a volleyball team and, and, you know, play a sport that you love mm -hmm. and people are coming and, and coaching you referees come to on their time. They could do something else. Yeah. They could probably make a little more money doing something mm -hmm. else, but they're coming to come help you have fun yeah. to play volleyball. Yeah. They're getting yelled it's at like, by parents and like, no, they yeah. don't have to do that. Yeah. Absolutely. They could be on a beach somewhere in Hawaii, <laughs> exactly. but instead they're coming to referee volleyball games and like, and to be able to just kind of be, be a little bit big picture and ha like be grateful for that. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, it, it can be pretty encouraging. I mean, I obviously was in an extreme level. Like I was watching Olympic gold medalists. Like it's easy to be grateful for that. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so to have that moment of like, dude, I'm just here. Soak to it in. Just soak it in. Yeah, absolutely. Even when I was stepping on the court, I was like, Oh my gosh, like <laughs> I'm going to soak this moment in. And so it was, just yeah having the the mindset to be grateful to even have the opportunity like like i get to play volleyball professionally yeah and i get to, and i am grateful i i i pray before every game and i just pray how how grateful i am to like be healthy enough today yeah to step on this volleyball court and play volleyball yeah absolutely like i'm hurting don't don't get me wrong i'm hurting <laughs> but i'm physically able to run and jump and play and so i'm grateful and, and you can just tell you still love the sport which is so so important no doubt no doubt volleyball is like this beautiful mystery because it is so it is such an impossible game like yeah. you can do everything right and be 50 percent imperfect and so there's always this this uh ability and this, like, what 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 makes me keep loving it is like, I get to continue to strive for greatness and perfection, mm -hmm. knowing that it's so far away. And and you know, people can tell me like, oh, you're playing great, you had a great game, this and that. And I, you know, maybe I did, maybe I did, I, I and personally, maybe I did have, feel like I had a pretty good game, but like, oh, I'm so inspired. I'm not put down by the things that I missed. Mm -hmm. I'm inspired to like get better and to maybe clean this one thing up. And maybe it's just like this constant mystery, little Rubik's cube that I'm trying to, trying to solve slowly. Yeah. And uh, it's, there's just so many wrinkles to volleyball that it's so much fun to, to be a part of it and play it at the highest level. Yeah. And you're so right about, you know, so that mysterious game is like, you need to have all the pieces lined up, like your setters, your liberos, your hitters, and to, you know, everything that needs to line up. And, but when you get it, it's, it's going to be an amazing, you know, experience and feeling. Yeah. And even when you do, you, when you do everything right in theory, everything you practice, everything you coach, their blocker could do something weirdly crazy and move his arms like this. Yeah. And get a block, super lucky block, and then go block you. Yeah. And it's like, huh, okay. Or you could slam a ball down the line, and the defender's closing his eyes, and goes <laughs> boop, and digs you right perfectly to where the setter is. It's like volleyball is crazy, man. Yeah. It's very, it's very, it's giving and it's very unforgiving at the same time yep. because it'll give you a lot of lucky points, but it also take away some perfect ones, and yep. that's.
there's not a lot of sports like that no and it's you it's like the tape gods you know when that ball hits that net which way is it going to fall you know it's like you know it's karma or you know it's you know it's balancing you never know yeah exactly you you never know you got to be ready for everything and even when you say you were ready you probably weren't yeah but at the same time (laughs) it's just kind of how the ball bounces sometimes and that's the fun of it you just try to put yourself in a position where you're not tied and where the tape that that tape ace really makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, you you do your best. Definitely. And now, you know, sort of closing up the college aspect of things, what was sort you know, some of the highlights or, you know, good memories you have, you know, you said you met your wife there, some great relationships, Mm -hmm. but from the, you know, the college volleyball aspect of things, what's, you know, a couple of memorable things that stick out for you. I mean, my freshman year, we made it to the national championship game and we lost in the championship. Um, but that was a memorable run. We had, a, I think, a pretty historic streak there. I, I don't know if it's been broken or not. I don't think it has, but streak of games. Um, and just the ability to, like, really dive in to volleyball and my position. And, like, it's not a job in college, but if you want it to be, you can, you can kind of make it a job. Like you have so much free time yeah. in college. You go to class, you do your thing, you do your, finish your homework and then you got the rest of the day, like to just do whatever you want. And so for volleyball or for athletes in general, or at least for me, we had a, an ID card that would just get us into the gym. Right. Oh, so we could wow. study in our locker room. Yeah. And you know, a lot of us would study in the locker room because it was a nice quiet place alone alone time as well there wasn't a whole lot of other students or there weren't any other students there yeah um but you also had access to the volleyball gym and so i just and i mean i couldn't sleep it's midnight i just like i'm just gonna go i need to work on my serve i'm gonna go serve 100 balls oh nice and just the ability to be able to do that i think was really cool about college like i can't do that now yeah because there's there's employees <laughs> at my gym that would that would get very angry at me if I tried to do that. Yeah. But um you know when you're younger and you have that ability to go and go and go physically. Yep. Um I was just be able to to learn about certain things and be able to explore like my own interpretation of volleyball. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. And now, so you wrapped up college. Did you have a plan to go pro right after college or you were sort of figuring things out and were teams already reaching out to you and, and, you know, saying, Hey, come here. Or did you really have to go pursue them? I didn't re I wasn't really familiar with professional volleyball. Um, when I first started college, um, I knew it was out there, but I never really thought about it. Like it, it never was a really conscious effort to think about it and think that it was a real possibility. And so as I got older and got onto the national team after my sophomore year, I was able to talk with all these guys and just be a sponge and soak up all their professional experiences and talk about these places and this team and this country and where was very cool to play and where wasn't as, um, you know, accepting or not accepting, but like, as normal as it was in the States, like for your experience in college volleyball. Um, And so that made me a lot more aware. And so I, I tried to gather up as much information as I could. And then after, after my junior year, 
Um, I had a, I had a handful of really good offers yeah. overseas um, for some really good clubs. And that took uh, a ton of contemplation to be able to, to leave, to possibly leave early, um, to turn down, you know, to take a, a nice contract. Yeah. Um, and leave early or finish my career at SC and finish the commitment that I made to USC. And, um, after a lot of contemplation and prayer and whatnot and talking with friends and loved ones and family, it was like, okay, I'm going to commit to USC and I'm going to finish my yep. senior year. Yep. I've got a lot of things that, you know, I've, I've wanted to finish and I committed here and I told them that I'd be here. And so I'm going to be here. So I turned on some a handful of pretty good contracts. Um, and then hilariously, like a week after I made that, um, that commitment in my personal commitment in my right. mind, also talked to SC, told SC, turned on the contracts, but I made that commitment in my head of like, I'm staying. One of the best teams in the world calls me because they had some problems with their oh, setter. Shoot. Like um, he, some international transfer problem. And they called me with like, double the money of whatever oh and anyone God. else the best yeah it was a, yeah and i was like dude and my and my national team teammate was playing on it and he and a good friend of mine and he called me i was like i was like dude i just i look i just committed to it i just committed to this and yep. i can't go back for myself i can't go back but dude if you called me a week earlier i might have left <laughs> and so i'm thankful i'm thankful that i didn't because i wasn't ready i yep. wasn't ready for to be at, you know, a top club in the world in that particular moment. Yeah. Um, and so I was able to finish the career. Um, but but with the professional clubs, they they come calling. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate to be able to have a, a lot of national team exposure. And so when you play for the national team, you have some success with the USA team and in international competitions. It's much more. You, there's much more visibility on yep. those athletes. So there's not a whole lot of film study needed because you're playing kind of in those prime time games. Right. So I was fortunate enough to get a, or to sign a contract with Cucine Lube Civitanova, which is in Italy. Mm -hmm. um, and is one of the best clubs in the world still is. And uh, I played there for three seasons. I was able to win the Italian cup and the Italian uh, league there one out of those three seasons and then i transferred to modena for the next three another place in italy yeah and was able to win the super cup there so i was able wow. to win all the trophies in italy which was exciting for me um and that was uh that was a really cool first six years of the experience but but to start i still remember where i was of like agreeing to a contract i was on a beach in redondo beach with my then girlfriend maybe fiance and it was like on the on the phone with my agent because mm -hmm. uh, at the time after after college I signed with an agent. Yeah. And it was like, let's do it. Like, send over the contract and let's do it. Absolutely. And so that was a that was a big moment for me. Oh, absolutely. Pro. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm a firm believer things happen for a reason. You know, you you committed to USC. Good for you to stick with it after you know that big carrot got dangled in front of you. But you mm -hmm. know, like like your parents said, you know, if something happens. At least you got that USC, you know, paper to, to fall back on. Yeah, and I knew that I was not going back to school after being a, a, a pro for 10, 12 years, too. I'm not going. I mean, yeah. 
if she told me now I had to go back and finish a year of college, I would just melt. It would just, I'm just like, it's been a while since I've been a student. Well, so what if they I said, like Hey, we'll give you one more year of eligibility. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I would put that those athletic trainers to work. <laughs> I would, they, they would be working on me more than I'd be practicing. <laughs> Absolutely. So, now, you know, for that, you know, that pro first couple of years in pro, what were some of the tougher things to, to get used to? Was it just the whole new country, a different way they train and practice? Yeah. All of that, all yeah. of those things. Um, just, I mean, just living like it's a different language. Yeah. Right. And so I wasn't in, I wasn't in Milan where a lot of people speak English. It was a, a pretty decent sized city, but it wasn't a big city where a lot of English is spoken. There's yeah. not a whole lot of English spoken in Italy in general. And so I was fortunate enough to have some intern, a lot of international teammates that spoke pretty good English, some yeah. Serbians. And, um, and so I was able to communicate with my team, but like going to the, to the grocery store is a different story. Like you gotta, I, I remember just being on listening to music with AirPods in. So nobody to talk to me <laughs> and just going up and down the aisles and memorizing where things are on the aisles. Cause yeah. I can't, I don't want to Google translate, ask every single ingredient that I right. have on my thing. I'm just, I'm more of a, I'll handle it myself type of person. So <laughs> I just walked the grocery store for an hour and tried to memorize where things were. And so there's just a whole lot of different things that you have to adjust to in your first year overseas being outside of the United States. Yeah. Um, it's, I, uh, I don't think it's ever easy for anybody, no matter what situation you go to. Um, but my situation was a little particular for me. It was definitely the hardest year of my career mentally because I was going to a team where I had, I was surrounded by a, some legends in volleyball. And all of us pros understand that when you go from college mentality, you know, you're playing essentially for fun, right? Yes. You're not getting yep. paid. You're paying. You're playing for pride. You're playing for your university. You're playing for fun. Then you go cross over to the pro, um, the pro leagues, the pro championships, whatever you want to call it. And you're playing for money. You're playing for. You got a job. You got people trying to provide for themselves. You got yeah. coaches that will lose their jobs in the snap of the finger. Right. So there's a whole lot of different pressures and um, urgency. Let's say. Yeah. And men's volleyball is one of the quickest um, turnovers in in sports that I can see. Wow. And so we ended up winning the regular season, right? Like we were playing well uh, on on paper, but I just felt like every point we lost had to have been my fault. Oh, I was the youngest player on the team. Uh, these guys are cemented legends. Some of them are, you know, four-time Italian league champions, champions league champions, this and that. And I'm like, of course it's going to be my fault. Like I yeah. haven't done anything. I haven't proven <laughs> myself at all. So I was hard on myself and, uh, and uh, Italian and European body language is not as friendly yes. as the United States necessarily like college body language, let's say. And so I would overanalyze a ton of things. And think that they was just blaming me. Yeah, it's got to be my fault. And I'm a, I was always a guy that was just like, I'll, I'll take it. Like it's, it's, it's my bad. Like I'll, yeah. I'll make it better. I know there was no block up, but I can make it a little higher <laughs> so you don't hit it yeah. out next time. You know, whatever. Yeah. 
And so that was hard on me. That was really hard on me. I remember speaking with our sports site quite a bit that year, our yeah. national team sports site, because um, and that's a great resource that we have of just she was basically like she was all she was all right, but I, I didn't even think. I was like, she's like, you're just maybe they're not talking about you or blaming you or right. and I was like, what? <laughs> they're maybe they're not. And so once I had was able to get that perspective, it was a little it was a lot easier. Um and working on myself, you, you, you really have to, you learn a lot about yourself yeah. that first year. You're, you're there alone. I was there alone. Uh, my wife was finishing her nursing school. And so we got married the summer after and she came over that next year. And that, those things, things got a lot easier, yeah. but at the same time, it's, there's still challenges. And so there was a whole lot of learning. Yeah, like you said, you're getting paid to play. You have expectations. Were you like looking through the newspaper, looking for your name and just like, okay, what? Yeah, are they talking about me? No, <laughs> there's no chance. There's no, no, because I couldn't read any of this. Well, that's what I was like, you know, okay, and can so, you tell me what this said? You know, not really. I wasn't that anal about it, but it was like, it was almost like an assumption of yeah. like, and in Italian, like, the word my, my, yep. which kind of sounds like Micah, like it means never. So you say never a good amount, right? Like, I mean, in Italian context. Right. And so I was like, oh man, are they talking about me? Like, <laughs> could be talking about me. And, but obviously it wasn't. And so I was fortunate. I was that next year, I was very shy and timid about a lot of things. I didn't want to speak Italian with the guys. I was trying to learn it, but yeah. I didn't want to make any mistakes. I wanted to be. I don't want to look silly and stupid. Right. And then the next year I was just like, all right, screw it. Like, I'm just going to try. And then I learned Italian and no way. And now, yeah. And so, yeah. In the end of that second year to the third year I was speaking. And oh, so, that's so cool. now, yeah, I got a lot better after year four five and six, <laughs> yeah. but, um, but yeah, I'm just, it, it took a, a couple leaps of faith yeah. for sure. Good for you, man. At what point, <clears throat> Did you find out that you're going to, you know, make the national team to, you know, be selected to go to Rio? Yeah, that was that summer, the 2016 summer. I remember we were in, pretty sure we were in Brazil, actually, in a in a uh, hotel. Um, we were playing World League at the time. And so I had already been a starter for the national team for yeah. a few years now. And we had won a World League in 2014. In while I was in college, so I couldn't accept any of that money, oh, prize money. It was like 60, 65 grand a head. Wow. And you, I mean, you understand how much difference, how much of a difference it can make for $5,000 for oh, yeah. college. So 65000 would have been uh, crazy, but I was still, I was still in the NCAA, so I couldn't yeah. take any of that money. And so whatever that's a different that's a tangent but 14 we won 15 we won a world cup to um to qualify for the olympics and i was starting through all of these so i had a pretty good idea that i was going to be going to the olympics but to go into a room we went into a, a conference room in a hotel yeah. and i mean you had the coaches sitting in like an arc and a chair right in the middle yeah and so we probably had probably had like 17 guys on the trip possibly 16 and 12 people make an olympic roster yeah so so there were 12 yeses and four or five no's right and so i i just remember going in there and and 
not knowing exactly what was going to happen, but having a pretty decent feeling. Yeah. And so it, it was like, well, you're going to welcome to the Olympic team. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, like so many dreams and goals um, from, from when I was such a young, at such a young age yeah. are being realized right now. And so that was a super special moment, just vivid memories of it. It's, yeah. Oh man. It's, it's a crazy moment. Amazing. From that, you know, Olympic experience, you know, any, what really sticks out, you know, any lasting oh. impact, uh, you know, yeah. on the court or off the court. And you guys came home with bronze that those Olympics, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what an, a crazy experience, an incredible experience. We, we lost a semifinal, semifinal heartbreaker. It was just like, that's easily the, the biggest game, the biggest loss of my career in terms of like heartbreak was a semifinal. And so we lost that. And so that was like, I mean, I was out of it for a, uh, in the Olympics, you play one day, play one day off, one day, play one day off, one day, yeah. play. So we had a day in between and I just like most of us, but me, I can speak personally. It was just like, I just didn't want anything to do with anything. Like I, we lost yeah. that opportunity for gold and we we're so close. We we're playing well. And e and even in the bronze medal match, we went that we were losing zero. We were losing O2. And those first two sets, like I didn't, really have too much motivation to be there. Like I, I couldn't snap myself out of like thinking about that loss. Yeah. And then we lost though too. And it was like, and then we all kind of sat and talked and it was like, we have a chance for an Olympic medal. Yep. Like, let's go do it. And we turned around and we won three, two. It was crazy. Wow. And so that was oh, an amazing memory piggybacking off, uh, of the, the worst in my career yeah. in, in terms of volleyball. And so that was just, uh, I'm, I'm proud of that moment for sure, because to come back from that and to show resilience mm -hmm. and maturity in that moment from all of us, from the whole team was, uh, something to be proud yeah, of. Absolutely. It's amazing. And now, so then, you know, few, four years later, we are Tokyo. We just, you know, coming out of a global pandemic, you know, what yeah, was, brutal. yeah. So how was, you know, what was that Olympic experience like? Because you probably had sort of tr contact tracing all these rules in place. Yes. Yeah, super different. Um, just couldn't leave the Olympic village unless you're going to the competition hall or the training center. And so it, it was not uh, as Olympic of an experience as you'd like it to be, Yeah, but it's still the Olympics, yeah. right? And you're still playing for Olympic medals. And it came down to the last game of pool play for us. And we, we didn't make it out of pool play. Um, we didn't get, we qualified for the quarterfinals and that was a heartbreaker. Yeah. Cause, but we were suffering a lot of injuries throughout the, the, the years leading up to that. And so there were a handful of question marks around that. Yeah. And we still put ourselves in a chance to, to make it to a quarterfinal round and we didn't. Yeah. Turns out our group, our group was incredible and they all made it to the semis. <laughs> and so oh. we're in the epitome of the group of death. Um, but at the same time, like, like, uh, that's still a tough memory in terms of, in terms of it's motivating, right? Like that is an extremely motivating memory and, and, uh, I can't wait for another shot and we got another shot well, as long as we all stay healthy. Yeah. And, uh, but we, but we did our job this past summer to, allow us another shot at it. Yeah, that was amazing. You guys qualified. You you know, you had a great record. You know, Japan took you to five. Were you expecting that or was it just like they're that good? Well, Japan is that good. Um, Japan is that good. Fortunately enough, we had both qualified the night before. Oh, okay. So we had both got in. Japan had qualified. Japan had lost 
a game, which was a, a really big surprise. And we hadn't lost the whole match. So we had qualified the night before. Yeah. Japan eventually wins 3-0 and mathematically qualifies the night before. So we had to win one set in order to um, clinch the World Cup, which was something that I guess they were we didn't we weren't super aware of until the night before. Yeah. So we were able to win the first set, and then they they pushed and they took us to five, and we we squeaked it out in the fifth in the fifth, and it was amazing. It was I mean the atmosphere there is great, full yeah. stadium, ten thousand people. Um, but. But yeah, that capped off an incredible end to a great summer. We yeah. lost two, maybe three games in the whole summer, Amazing. and it was it was fun. Nice. Yeah. I gotta ask you about Eric. You know, when you guys get together and you're coming back to practice again, are you ready for his positivity and his like enthusiasm? Oh my gosh! Well, yes, but I just give him so much heat for it, <laughs> and I just uh, I love well, Eric's one of my best friends. But and and therefore we we are able to give each other a ton of heat back and forth. Yeah. And so he's he he can't we both can't wait for it. And then when he comes back, he's like, Oh yeah, you again, huh? Because <laughs> I just call him on it. I call him like drama, drama, drama. And he's and he he knows it, but he's like, Oh, it gives me more drama, nice. which is hilarious. Oh man. But right. yeah, we 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 have a lot of fun together. Excellent. All right, man. Well, I know you gotta go. Before I let you go, I like with past guests, like with Capono, who in your circle, your volleyball circle peers, do you call out that you know should come on the podcast and share their story? Let me think about this one. I should have thought about it before because I knew it was coming. Hmm. I would recommend somebody like and I don't know if they're still going. Because is the women's college volleyball done yet? Col women's college is done, yep. Okay. Um, Jalen Reyes. Okay. Is the college. He's a coach at Nebraska. He is the assistant coach at Nebraska. He has got a lot going on. So I'm not sure how available he'll be. I'll wait a month he's or two. Big, he's kind of big time now. Oh, no, okay. He's, uh, <laughs> no, no. He, well, he's he's assistant coach at Nebraska women's volleyball, which is this is a very That's prestigious huge. position. Yeah. But I grew up with him um, playing volleyball in Hawaii. Oh, we played yeah. together on the same team. We went to the same high school, um, and he was one of my best friends growing up. And so he's also doing a lot of really cool things in volleyball, and I'm, I'm super stoked for him. And, um he's different than I am in terms of he's in the coaching space and he is on the women's side of the coaching yep. space. So that would be my call out. All right. Excellent. Jay Ray. That's for you. Okay. <laughs> All right, Micah. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. And good luck at the uh, Olympics in Paris. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. It's been, it's been fun.